A Weekend with Jason Dacey Replay from Money FM 89.3. Lonesome Loser by Little River Band here on Money FM 89.3. This is our pop culture segment, and we are joined by Greg Waters. He's a former ABC news reporter here in our studio. And from Canberra, Australia, we're joined by Brian Harris, owner of Songland Records in Canberra and a former record rep. And we're going to talk about the story of Little River Band because a lot of people wouldn't realize that the original members of Little River Band no longer have the rights to their name. And, Brian, how did this all come about? Are we going to jump straight in? Uh, good morning, everybody. Morning, Jason. Good morning, Greg, by the way. Good morning, Brian. <laughs> Love, lovely to talk to you all again. Are we going to jump straight into the, to the meaty bit of the story, or, or should we go a little bit further back to the start? What do you think? Well, we're going to, we're going to go back to the start in a minute, but just uh, maybe give us the big picture, Brian, about the way yep. things stand at the moment, because, uh, you know, you're an Australian, Liver of a Band or an Australian band, you know, icons, and yet they continue to play in the U.S. with uh, none of the original members and just one of uh, the members that was uh, featured in the 1980s. So what, yes. what's, what's going on? And we've got to, you're going to give us the music perspective and Greg's going to give us the legal perspective, but tell us yes. where things stand at the moment. Well, they stand at uh, a lot more than 20 paces apart, unfortunately. I mean, this, this situation has been going on for... Uh, look, it's going to be getting close to 20 years. Well, uh, around about June 2002 was the, the legal dispute, and it's a uh, a sad example of a legendary group of musicians that, uh, because of the, the the rigors of touring and the pressures that come with that, got to a point in time where they thought they were never going to work together again and effectively sold off um, uh, the name and the rights, etc., and then only to find years down the line that they did want to work together, but legally they can't um, continue on using the name Little River Band. That's it in a nutshell, and it's just a very sad situation because you have a legendary, iconic worldwide uh, brand with Little River Band that can't um, uh, work with the original members under that name, and the guys that are using that name and the trademark, etc., particularly over in America, are effectively touring as a covers band and cashing in on all of the previous members' work. Well, that's really put it in really good perspective. They sold more than 30 million records. They had nine singles in the top 20 in the U.S. And Greg uh, Waters here in the studio you know, from Melbourne, uh, where the band were often played, and you knew uh, their former manager as well. So from a legal perspective, I guess they've got nothing that they can do to, to, to change things around. Yeah, no, I guess this is probably a question for Brian too, is that um, uh, B. Bertel said that he didn't sign the release form. So in his book, he said, I've still got the form. There it is. There's no signature. So how does it happen that um, the Little River Band in America can do what they've done when he hasn't signed the release form? So it's, it's shrouded in mystery. It's cloudy. It's grey. Uh, Brian, what do you think? I'm, uh, I'm aware of that point that, uh, that you've raised. And all I could uh, say is that uh, knowing... Uh, well, I've worked with uh, Glenn Sharrock quite a bit over the last few years, uh, a lovely bloke, and I did work with Graham Goble um, quite a few years ago as well, that these guys were kind of, or desperate is the, is the best term to actually work together, so I'm quite sure that every legal avenue was investigated, and if they actually had any kind of room to, to stand on, it would have been achieved by now, but unfortunately Steve Housden uh, uh, really doesn't want anything to do with the guys, and it's just a sad situation, everybody loses out. Yeah, I should point out that he was the man, uh, Steve Housden, who had uh, the rights to the name, 
And, uh, you know, just this week, just a couple of days ago, Liver River Band played a concert in the Chicago area uh, with uh, this kind of new band. Uh, and, of course, there is the Wayne Nelson who sang the iconic um, uh, song that was – what was that song, Brian? It Was it um, the Night Owl? Uh, Night Owl? Yeah, yeah, Night Owls. Yeah, so that was a song that he was known as. But he was a bass player that came in a few years into the band's inception. He's still going strong now, but – the Australian fans are so upset about uh, Little River Band, you know, continuing on without any original members. They've actually blocked the fan clubs, blocked the site from uh, the members in Australia to actually put comments from the uh, Australian IPs. That's right. It's a great, uh, it's a great and once again sad situation because for, for the people listening would probably not be aware that uh, Little River Band were essentially a supergroup. Um, we had a whole stack of uh, amazing, legendary heritage acts in Australia through the 60s, and the main guys from those ended up together in Little River Band. So it wasn't just a band that started from nothing. They actually came from a stream, a tributary of, of uh, quite a few acts beforehand, and so all of them, the main people were very well known. And because they released and recorded such legendary songs, and, and many of them, while there might have only been a few big hits overseas in Australia. You could probably multiply that number by three or four. And so those songs, like great songs in our lives, really form you know, our own tapestry. They, they really mean so much to us. And so when we see that heritage interfered with by people that only have a right to it through legal means, it really doesn't sit well with us. Yeah, and uh, Greg, you know, you've been following this story uh, quite closely, and some of the stuff behind the scenes has really surprised you, hasn't it? Oh, it, it's very surprising. But look, when you when you read about other bands, it happened to the Jackson Five. I mean, uh, Motown bought their name, the Jackson Five, and they had to change it to the Jacksons. Um, it happened with uh, with uh, the Platters and uh, heaps of bands. Apparently, when the um, the Platters were touring, there were five other bands doing exactly the same thing. So the music industry <laughs> yeah. and intellectual property... Oh, you're not going to bag the, the music industry, are you, Greg? <laughs> well, you, you, I mean, power, power, money and greed, you know? I mean, it's always the same. They're the good things. <laughs> yeah, for me, it'd be like Bill Wyman, who used to be a member of the Rolling Stones, going out and getting the name of the Rolling Stones and starting a new band uh, with a whole lot of new members with no Keith Richard or Mick Jagger around him and saying this is the re- real Rolling Stones. And this is effectively what Little River Band has done in the United States. So so it was quite surreal for me as an Australian living in Singapore to become a member of the Little River Band uh, fan club via Facebook. And then everyone's going, hey, it was a great concert, y'all. And there's, it's so American now. And I remember living, Brian, in, in the US uh, a few years ago, as you know, and seeing that, and this is before I was I was aware of this situation. It was about 10 years ago. And I'm like, wow, Little River Band are playing. I can go and see Glenn Shorick and B. Bertles yep. and Graham Goble. And then I realized that this had nothing to do with those guys. I looked up on the line, online and I found out this whole backstory. There's a, one, of, one of the problems with the, the music industry is that you've got bands that fall into two categories. You've got uh, bands that are so well known and, and established visually, and then you've got what's called faceless bands. And so bands like uh, Boston and Guess Who and maybe Three Dog Night, I know there'll be a lot of American listeners that will be um, uh, disagreeing, but, uh, but if you take a band like Boston, for example, who had huge success, it's fair to say that if those guys were standing in front of you right now, you probably wouldn't recognize them. With a lot of bands um, that uh, had great visual success, and the Stones are a great example of that, it's, that's a different thing. Yeah, With indeed. Little River Band, um, they had a lot of uh, audio success over there. And sure, they did tour America as well, but they didn't have a great lot of 
visual success. And so consequently, people are, um, are able to go to these shows and hear harmonies that sound like Little River Band and they uh, probably add a bit of time you know, into the mix and go, oh, that was great, I know the songs and I wouldn't have known whether Glenn Shorrock you know, or B. Bertels was standing in front of me and it's just a sad um, situation. Yeah, you know, and I've spoken to fans here in Singapore about Little River Band. They're very familiar with the songs like the Reminiscing, which we're going to play shortly, Cool Change, uh, Lonesome Loser, Brian, but they are not at all familiar with the band members. So if, as far as they're concerned, it could be this uh, cover band in America. They would know the difference. That's exactly right. And, uh, uh, you know, there's been a few times of late where uh, and there was the, uh, the TV show, I think it was Jimmy Fallon, where uh, the band were going to uh, the new band, uh, the Imposter Band were going to um, celebrate the 40th anniversary of, uh, of LRB, and thankfully there was enough of a stampede that uh, the producers of the show over there said, you know what, this is not right, and they actually pulled the performance. Uh, there is a bit of resistance, thankfully. And by the way, too, um, just to add, Cool Change nearly didn't make it to the album. Is that right? Yeah, the keyboard player was out of town in Melbourne. Right. And uh, it was only third time lucky, and they had a blue over that as well. They had an argument about that? <laughs> wow. They had, they had lots of blues, unfortunately. That's what happens when you get such you know, great talents all in the, in the one band. And uh, in Australia, Cool Change is, is voted uh, generally in the top 30 uh, songs of, of Australian musical history. Now, I've got to add on a personal note here that whenever these... Uh, charts, uh, well they're not charts but uh, these lists come out um, generally in Australia the Easy Beats Friday on my mind is always at number one on that list and, and I've always disputed that I, I'm, I'm a huge LRB fan and I've said on radio many times that there's quite a lot of other songs that um, could quite possibly take that spot including, and I put it there Little River Band's full version of It's a Long Way There. It goes for about seven, seven and a half minutes from memory and it is just a majestic songwriting and uh, lyrics and harmony and it's just a legendary song yeah and I, I know that you know Brian runs a vinyl store in uh, Canberra Australia and we have vinyl stores here in Singapore that do have Little River Band uh, vinyls so that there is a bit of a, a following here but Greg anything else about that you would add about business legal actions and music and how they don't often combine very well well absolutely with the uh, Australian music industry 40 of the biggest bands in Australia have not tidied up their um their registration of their names or their IP. And some of these names will shock you and include Men at Work, Noiseworks, The Choir Boys, Killing Heidi, Divinals, Air Supply, Split Ends, Crowded House, Savage Garden, even the Hooter Gurus. Wow. Yeah. Haven't, and it seems to be a 70s and 80s phenomena where those things, whereas lately all the new bands have been much better managed but instead of friends of the bands, they're mm. professional managers. Final word for it's you. A very good, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. It's a really good point there because uh, I've, I've worked with a lot of those heritage, or what I would regard as heritage acts, and I've got uh, gigs that I'm involved with coming up in, uh, here in, in Canberra. And knowing a lot of these acts personally uh it's another example of musicians are great at music but they are lousy at business <laughs> correct 100 percent. so on that note i'd like to thank uh, brian harris the owner of songland records in canberra australia and greg waters the former abc reporter here in the studio the sad and sorry tale of little river band and we'll go out uh, with uh, one of their best songs reminiscing thank you guys See you later. thank you Cheers.
to touch.